0: Okay, welcome to another episode of Peace Off with Will and Taco, brought to you by
1: FantasySkiRacer.com and Shred Sly Tech. How's it going, everyone? Uh, Christmas is behind us, New Year is coming, and uh, the ski racing season is ramping up.
0: Um, and if
1: you're watching it on
0: television, you'd think otherwise, but <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching results, yes, I would I'd agree with you, Will. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess. As we're recording today, we just watched that unbelievably gnarly downhill in, in, in Santa Canarita. Yeah, and I don't remember it being that gnarly last year. No,
0: no, not at all. Actually, I I, I remember it having some interesting features, but I don't remember it being dangerous.
1: No, and and that's uh, you kind of you kind of get that feeling from some of the athletes. You see their posts on. on on Twitter and uh, Instagram, you know, leading into the race, talking about how dark and bumpy it is, and yeah. you go and watch the race today, and wow,
0: Lens was uh, uh pretty pretty darn dark as well. That uh, you know, luckily, you know, in the World Cup, you think they've got about a d- two dozen Lens choices, but uh, you know, I would think that that would
1: that even that decision making would overwhelm me. <laughs> you no, know, exactly, and I I think you know if you think about it, the only place that you're going to actually be able to make snow is on a on the the facing slopes that are going to be a little bit more in the shade and and so uh because the hurting snow conditions in europe so um and that's probably why uh why some of these races are getting off where they are but um that that downhill had no light the whole way down um it was shortened last year it was 15 seconds shorter last year i think they had to move the start down so um but for this year watching that the, the terrain features because of the lack of snow were were everywhere and, and the bumps and and um, the guys that were able to manage through it, you know, very solid technical skiers were, were able to be successful and um, some of the other guys it was it was hold on for dear life. But did you see like them in the finish? I mean World Cup athletes, well conditioned falling in the finish one after the other because their legs were so tight.
0: Yeah, that's, I always find that pretty interesting to, to kind of watch and you know, um, uh Janik was talking about that with the slalom at Val, at Val d'Isere and you know, that's another another thing that I think of, but yeah, whenever whenever you or I, mean, I don't know, I feel like Bodhi's always holding his legs when he comes to the finish, <laughs> but uh yeah, it's I've always I'm always shocked when you see that, that kind of intensity and, and it, actually to be honest with you, it, it Kind of encourages me to play uh pay closer attention to the piece to see what what really is creating this challenge
1: yeah and I think for me when I ever raced uh hard, hard terrain hard snow that you can't see very, very well you know that the, you can't see the features uh two things happen one you're a little bit more nervous mm-hmm. um and the nerves go into your legs you know and and so halfway down the course you're a little tighter and. And my legs always felt, uh, you know, less efficient. <laughs> um, but two, because you can't see, uh, you know, really how the ski is going to manipulate on the snow surface. Uh, that rattle, you know, hurts more and comes comes more into the into the legs. You saw Bormio year after year when they ran in uh, late December was always one of the gnarlier hills. Yeah, um, and actually when they run World Championships at Bormio um, later in the year. They, they would have light on it they ran world championships a couple of times and it wasn't as crazy tough as a downhill so you know maybe that played into effect with uh santa canarita today
0: yeah for sure and i i'm I just i'm just still kind of um hanging on your uh earlier comment where you know those those fa these north facing slopes getting the more shade or what have you um having you know being the the place where they're going to run the venue because that's where they can make the snow and you know it's just it's going to be a dark season no matter how you look at it right now right i mean might as well stick to night events <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's gonna be more
1: you're, it's better lit <laughs> yeah the uh oh uh madonna Compilio. yeah yeah and, right you know and speaking of madonna you know moving back to that what about that drone dude yeah, no shit. Oh, yeah. Well, it's our podcast. Yeah, we yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm a, there's a couple of things I'm a little bummed out about with that is, you know, in our last episode, yeah. we were talking about camera angles and getting the right, right. And so and so they're trying right, and then they're flying a drone right over an athlete, Marcel Hersher nonetheless, right, and have it crash that close to him. I mean. We're talking, I don't even know how, like, hundreds of a second, and that lands yeah. on Hersher, and that thing was going fast. You never know what was going to happen. Oh,
0: well, that kind of impact that it had, I mean, granted, the surface was pretty lights out, but, I mean, that impact was kind of in- intensified the whole drama of it. Um, yeah, it's just such a, dis- it's a bummer, because now Fist is backing off, and they're all like, well, we don't know if we want to do this anymore. And meanwhile, it, that was just about one of the, first things they should be doing to uh, enhance the sport so some some drunk austrian screwed up
1: at the race and dropped the drone now we're
0: (laughs) now we're going back to dark ski racing
1: yeah well i think it was the italian like uh the management of it was what what the problem was the italian own venue in madonna Uh, was was flying the drone that wasn't actually sanctioned whatever technical technical side of it but like Anyways, uh, I just hope that they don't back off on trying to find some of these cam- camera angles. Because watching the Madonna race, uh, you know, we're, we're at the, the Bar and Apples here in Sun Valley, which plays all the World Cup races. and uh, Another great reason to congregate there. Yeah, and uh, but we're watching, and, and these people uh, I hear over my shoulder like, oh, it doesn't look that steep. Uh, is that as steep as this run here? And I'm like, yeah. Like that pitch <laughs> in Madonna, you know, for the six gates down is steep. And watching the race, you don't see that. And and, right. and same with Alta Dude, Alta Badia GS, most of it is steep, steep, steep. Yeah. And it doesn't come through on the camera. And so whenever you see a somewhat steep pitch that you think steep on TV, it's really steep. Yeah,
0: I, I know. And I, I wrote an article in Ski Racing last year about video. And, and, I, and I said, I made a comment where it was, you got to watch out for watching too much, like, universal or uh, televised racing you know it, it it's in in some regard you it, you're better off getting second hand video from national team of of training or something like that because you're going to have a little bit more view of what is actually out there because yeah. the camera angles uh, are so well done that it manipulates it into a, a totally different event
1: yeah no that's you're right on right on point there um, and then i think moving to the to the women's uh, events and lens you know, um, Nina Losef's uh, GS, almost another amazing GS uh, result, but she had that mistake at the bottom. And then Laura Gutz skiing in the GS race It was awesome to watch. And, and then you go into... Uh, yeah, I was a little bummed out about
0: um, uh, my the Slovenian uh, Anna Drev. Because yeah. I thought her first run was just really, really magnificent. I thought that was really great skiing.
1: Yeah, and too bad that she didn't finish, right? She yeah. she went out second second run. run. Um, and but I, for me, the big takeaway there, and one thing I want to touch on is Megan McJames scoring World Cup points again. Yeah, her uh, second
0: run was awesome.
1: Her second run was awesome, and you know, you know, it's close to my heart because last year I, I was off the national team and in, in racing World Cup. I I I don't think um, it's hard to explain how hard it is to. Um, do all this fundraising, um, do all this travel alone. I know, I know the team is working with Megan a lot better this year than they have in years past. Right. So they got rid of Roland, (laughs) but the, but the girls, uh, but, but for Megan in general, like for her to, you know, stick through this career, she's a 1987 year birth turning 29 in the new year. And, to have her just stick in the racing World Cup and, and keep battling this dream, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you you can tell that she just loves the sport of ski racing. She loves yep. competing and pushing herself, and it takes a lot of heart and passion. And I just hats off to her for those points. Yeah, it's twenty fifth, and you know, it probably isn't going to be headlines in any papers in the U.S. Right. But for her and for her family and for her supporters, that's a big day.
0: Yeah, Park City Masters have been a huge supporter of her, of uh, supporters of her uh, over the years, um, which has been great. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of um, Jake Zamansky in Truth in Motion. I was going to say Truth in Folding, uh, <laughs> but in Truth in Motion, where you know they got the rest of the teams doing dry land, their skis are getting taken care of by a tech, and he's in there doing his own boards. And I know that was his choice, but that's kind of like what it is. For, for you in the last year and for her for the last like four years now. And it's like, you know, I could get, you know, you're, you're, you're squeezing in 20 hours a week of gym time and on top of 40 hours a week of fundraising, you know, shaking hands, trying to get to that price point that you need. Because, you know, it, it doesn't cost very much to go from 100 points to 60 points, you know, yeah. it, or, or even down to 20. All right. But if you're going to go from 20 down to single digits and be you know top 30 in the world that's that you've got to be in some places
1: yeah and and you know it's just the the time restraints for an athlete doing that you know i i've just hats off to megan for 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 keep going at it keep believing in herself and Mm -hmm. uh, i'm just i'm happy for her i know she has to be ecstatic it's something that she can build off of yeah uh for the future in these next couple races coming up, you gotta
0: imagine. Still, though, like you know, she's our. Her and Lindsay are the only two Americans who are starting in that race. Meanwhile, we have seven guys in the downhill. We got two American women, and right now, Megan's the only one who who gets a finish today. I mean, I know it's not a World Championship year or an Olympic year, but I mean, come on. I mean, right now, I mean, she is she is one of our strongest hopes in this event.
1: Yeah, and I think I do the the u.s team is helping her more yeah it's not as much as i would hope for um she has i think the the on the team are thinking the same yeah, thing you man. know you know but but it's but it, it's they're helping her more and uh and hopefully you know this just catapults her to to the results that she wants because how hard that girl's working i just want her to get them
0: yeah totally and i feel the same way um and then... About uh, Racy as well. So her, <laughs> her bumping back into the top 15 is really cool. Yeah, watching her... Or actually, is it her first time being in the top 15? No. I mean, is this consistency?
1: No, she's been in the top 15 yeah. years and years ago, before all the injuries. But, right. you know, she came back and, and to battle back and to do that, seeing her start 14th today, but um, in the slalom. And, yeah, Racy continues to continues to impress. And, and without Mikayla, you know, really charging for the women's circuit, yeah. there's there's some excitement, you know, not there for me watching the women's slalom yeah. uh, a little bit, but then you see um, uh, Frida, right. five World Cup slalom podiums in a row, a World Cup win today in slalom, uh, she's she's the new face of women's slalom now with Michaela out, yeah. um, and uh, a beautiful skier, and it, it, it'll be fun to keep watching that circuit and to see, see where the... Where the other women stack up, there's the doors open. The doors open for a lot of victories for a lot more girls because of retirement and injury, um, and, and it'll be interesting this these months ahead to see see really what happens.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 in some regard, it is nice to kind of um, open your eyes to what else is going on out there, um, not just having tunnel vision of your own country. Yeah, but I'm, you know, I, I like. Uh, I like uh how a few of these girls really race, but i frida Frida's skiing is just it's it's like seventy five percent there for me <laughs> you know there's a lot of funky things, but she gets off the edge quick she she um lays it out on the top of the turn in the fall line and and you know what at the end of the day I mean do you need much more I guess not this year yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: i don't, I don't know i I think there's a lot there's a lot of uh, beautiful touch. You know, going Ooh. on in her skiing and in a lot of the, the women's skiing, and um, yeah, it's fun to watch. And I, you saw Lila Lapagna, you know, an, an American win both Norams up in Panorama and, mm-hmm. in in mid December, and we'll see her get more of these World Cup starts, I'm sure, coming up. And and that's another American to keep looking at. Our World Junior champion from last year, uh, Paula Molson. Uh, she has yeah. she has speed in slalom, and we'll we'll see her. Hopefully, she can break onto the World Cup here. Um, these are young girls coming up, so there is there is, you know, tech skiers coming for the for the U.S. I I believe in uh, in the women's events, yeah. And and it's just we're taking some time here, but but it's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like uh, the New England Patriots offense here in the second half of the season. You know, just trying to re- recover for some injuries so we could get the lineup back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. I said that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what let's uh I wanna talk about uh men's downhill. And uh, you know, we could talk about Santa Catarina, which we, we touched on earlier, but I just wanna I just wanna keep it so OG right now and talk about Bryce Bennett, who has been one of my favorite people for a long time now. But I mean that was a gorgeous run he threw down and, and Val Gardena.
1: Yeah, and I think the, the, the funnest part about that is I wake up and see the result the yeah. prices and, and I go, well, that happens at, at Gardena. Like the, the light kind of sometimes comes on the Hill that time when, when the later bibs are coming and, and some guys punch in there. So, so that's my first thought. It's was like, yeah, he took advantage of an opportunity, mm-hmm. but then you go and look at the actual run what happened, dude, the guy just ripped. It did yeah. there was no one around him. Like it wasn't like he, he took advantage of a, of a situation where the track got faster Bryce literally just skied that good. He skied unbelievable. You watched the technique, uh, yeah. the tactics, uh, the way he could stay his stay grounded on the hill with a yeah. lot of terrain, um, and, and really use his length, uh, which is an asset. You know, he has long levers, those long legs, mm-hmm. and and kept the momentum going down the hill. And it, it looks like Bryce is really skiing well. And you saw him in Santa Canarita today. I watched that run, and he was, I believe, uh, mid 30s. Uh, a little bit out, and that's the first time on a gnarly hill like that to to go back and, and ski oh, like that. He skied fine. It he, wasn't, he hasn't wasn't seen making,
0: a lot of these hills. He hasn't skied a lot of – he doesn't have a lot of experience on the World Cup level. No,
1: and and it just – it goes to show this kid is coming, and there's right. more coming. Like, Goldberg's still there, and, I, and, I, and the World Cup downhill team for the men is really starting to gain momentum. I know it wasn't the best day today, but they're uh, – they're coming there's a lot of there's a lot of good there's a lot of open spots now for younger guys too yep. and uh it's it's interesting to see where the where the speed crew is going to go this season
0: yeah it's fun seeing different guys stepping up and having different ha- having results in different places and it's just you know every week it seems to be like a different name yeah um i have to believe though i think Nyman has, has a big part to do with Bryce's development right now, being another very tall guy on the downhill skis. And now they're on the same brand. Um, you know, I have to believe... And, and then having Leo Leo probably teched his skis for that race. Yeah. You know, that's it. And that was a big part for Andrew when he was on, when he and Ted were both on Rosignol, And then a big part of why he did well at Sochi was getting on head and getting teched with, with uh, Alex as well. It, so... It, you know, there's there's pieces to this that kind of p-
1: match up. Yeah, I think you're dead on. And and Bryce, you know, when I was on the national team with him, and he was on Atomic, I believe he went to Blizzard for for a year. And mm-hmm. and the the biggest thing wasn't, you know, those are great companies, um, but his foot's so big, he actually has a ginormous foot. Right. And and to create a boot that really works for that big of a foot, there's not a lot of R and D going into that big yeah. of a foot mm-hmm. and Steven has a big foot too. Yeah. And, and so being able to get into the Fisher boot and with a guy that's already kind of developed it, I think has directly, um, like helped Bryce in how, um, his equipment has been able to transition this season and it looks like it's working, you know, it's not just it's his skiing looks great. So I hope he can, you know, he'll keep learning these Hills. He'll pop one in there sometimes. And sometimes it'll be, you know, a learning experience and, um, but going forward, I, I think that he's starting to hit a stride where he can really build on his scheme.
0: Yeah, and I think like two, three years ago too, he kind of was at a place where like, I, I'm not sure what the national team's going to do with me. Am I getting dropped or am I, am I, is this it? Or is it, are we still going here? And then kind of bumping him up, moving the carrot along, you know, has definitely, you know, been been the outcome or the end result of that question or the answer to that question. Um, but I think he nailed it with the boots. And then that was the one thing I noticed about uh, Val It was just there was very, very nice foot-to-snow yes. um, interaction.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. Like, we're talking, like, on his atomic boots, they added a buckle. He had five <laughs> buckles. That's how big his foot is. You know? So we're talking trying to trying to figure out boots um, for him has been a challenge, and it's yeah. cool to see. I think bigger picture going forward, the the overall race, for the you know for the World Cup titles um, are coming <clears throat> are coming kind of more into more into view in, yeah. in the men's overall it looks to me like another Hersher svindal showdown throughout the season and and for Svindal, it's always is there going to be enough speed races to, to, so that I can do, that I can dominate in well Hersher's
0: um, just got to hope they have enough slalom races in, yeah
1: and in Hersher you want the slalom races not to be canceled. Um, but but that's that's big but Hersher, Hersher skiing more combined is 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 tough he he gets more opportunities in the in the events that he's good in than Svindal does so Svindal yeah. has to take advantage of every single speed start that he has um and so does Hersher in tech and, and it'll be yeah. interesting uh you know going forward throughout the season to see um where these points shake out and and Kristofferson's rise in slalom um has has made it harder for Hersher to chase this overall because Christofferson looks to me to be making a tighter radius slalom turn mm-hmm. that's consistent um compared to anyone else in the world that line that he is on and that the, i mean he's making three meter slalom turns it's like right. very short radius turns and it's solid it's so hard to do but it's solid it's easy he's putting a lot of time on uh people in the first run and and, and then making it very hard to catch him and And so for that's taking points away from Hersher in the overall, Mm -hmm. you know, and if Christopherson keeps dominating in slalom, it'll make it harder for Hersher to win the overall over Spindle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I hope, and I, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago you know, I mentioned hoping that, uh, Heinrich would, would, would pop in there and start putting it together. I mean, he's got a great staff. Um, he's got a coach that's had him through the Europa cup years. um, you know, and, and one of the, my favorite parts about him, and it's almost like it's similar to watching Mikhail and Slum, Is just, you can, you notice how sound they are. Yeah. Like you, there's not a lot of extra BS going on there and it's, you know, and if you're showing video to younger racers, like that's the guy I like to, uh, you know, I, I want to use.
1: Yeah. And and it's funny you say about sound skiing. I remember, I think it was RA last year, mm-hmm. uh, the race that got moved from Valdez and I believe Henrik won out or yeah, I believe he DNF'd uh, first run to RA last year in the whole athlete room where you can watch the, the race going on. It was first run he DNF'd and everyone's like, whoa, because the guy, yeah. go look at his fist results. He's only blown out in like, we're talking four fist races in his life. Right. He finishes and he finishes fast. He's that solid and technical. And now he's more and more every year adding more and more speed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the consistency that he shows in his uh, skiing, to be able to replicate over and over again, it, it translates directly into how to be successful in World Cups long. Right.
0: Um, just to to bring back a point here, um, uh, Axel is only uh, 15 points ahead of Hersher in the standings, and then you know Jansrud is about a solid 200 behind them, and then uh, Christofferson just just shortly behind there as well, and then. Then drops off another hundred points. So right now, I mean, it's pretty clear that you've got these two pairings right now for the overall in the overall standings. But um, you know, with that lack of snow in Europe right now, that schedule is changing quite a bit. I have to imagine that um, coach. It's a nightmare for coaches right now, and they probably already has been trying to get training over there, especially the tech. venues he's been downhill. You don't have to worry about it. It's already there for you, but. Um, you know, when we were kind of chit-chatting earlier before we pressed record, you brought up some really great points about how, you know, in January right now, the way things are looking, I mean, it's all stacking up and there's no real room for error. If you have stuff to work on, if your skiing is like missing a piece or two, you don't really have an opportunity to fix those right now.
1: No, and this next block, specifically for a a slalom skier, is huge. You know, we go into... Uh, the January I always call it slalom month um, <laughs> because you got five slalom races in the month of January kicking off usually with Zagreb but it's always hurting for snow in Zagreb and it's already been moved uh, to Santa Canarita mm-hmm. um, and and then you go Adelboden Vangen, Kitzbühel Schladming. now if you race in GS and Super Combined 2 then you at a GS race in Adelboden and Combis in Vangen and Kitzbühel and we're talking race after race after race on top of each other, and there's no room for um, really that much training. There is room for some training, um, but once that starts going, it, it, it starts compounding. If things are going well, it's the most fun month in the, of the of the World Cup season. If things aren't, uh, this and, and you know the first couple races in that month don't don't go your way. Um, you really, really have to be careful with how to make it, you know, turn around and pop for you. Um, and so it's it's a it's a big mental toughness month. Um, mm-hmm. And then for the downhill skiers too, big big events, you know, right. uh, the Lauberhorn and Vangen is one of the coolest events in the World Cup. And then you go to the Super Bowl. And it's a very
0: and it's a super strenuous race. It's
1: it's a super strenuous strenuous race. Um, it's really time consuming. <laughs> it's. Uh, the you you actually ride a train from town all the way to almost to the start of the race then you get on a chairlift go up to the start, start. it takes mm-hmm. time um you're kind of sometimes you know try bumping elbows with a lot of fans in those those trains so it's not the most comfortable situation uh it's it's three days of that and then you get into the combi and then in the downhill there's a lot there's it's a mental toughness race um and then the the racetrack is over a minute or sorry over two minutes and 30 seconds um i mean i ran the downhill last year and you know as a combi skier usually you you stand up out of start um and you you save your legs until the tell the combi start and then you go and i i the last training run decided you know what i'm gonna see how my legs feel and i kicked out of this training training the starting gate of the of the training run there and and ran it as hard as i could and man was that a mistake (laughs) (laughs) by the time i got to the s turn uh you know my legs were gone and i still had a minute left on this downhill track and it was probably the scariest thing i've ever did on skis so so for these these downhill skiers it's 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 a tiring race and snow conditions can make it more tiring or less um and and so it's a it'll it'll be but then they go from straight to Vangen to then the Super Bowl of Skiing and Kissfield. Right. And we're talking fans everywhere at both events. So mm-hmm. there's a the mental toughness of this next month and these races for these men um is huge. Yeah. And and in battling fatigue and making sure you're getting the the proper rest and, and and then also the proper training to keep your skiing dialed is is a must in this month and sometimes I believe our uh, the we us Americans and the tech team haven't figured it out other times we've totally nailed it and and because there is you need to keep conditioning up right so you have yeah. to try to find your conditioning blocks in there um, usually we would do a lift for a slum skiers on on a Wednesday night or a Thursday um, or you do you know you even race on a Sunday and then and do a big little you know some sort of conditioning to save the legs afterwards so balancing all of this as an athlete balancing your diet for this month is is huge right and, and it propels you to the rest of the season because this month is is the month that helps make or break the season yeah but you have the season's not over after January either right. so so to continuously be able to be mentally fit and strong here is as much as being physically fit and strong for all these racers
0: yeah Yeah, totally, and you know, after listening to you talk about that, it makes me think about um, some of the last tech races we've been watching, and our boy Ted there with the herniated discs, and I gotta believe that has that has a lot to do with kind of um, his lack of success right now, and the kind of things, you know, not charging the way the way he hoped to that he he would hope, and you know, it's funny because after we t- we talked to him just before Beaver Creek, and that, to me, sounded pretty positive. Yes, he had three weeks off, but it sounded like things were going in the right direction, and then hopped over to Europe, and it was just, like, not quite on the level that he was looking for. Maybe, like, I don't know, 12-hour
1: plane ride, and then back in, in a rigid plane seat. I don't know. What? You tell me. I it, I think Ted, he usually tries to go home um, in between this block, and I believe he's back in Park City right now, and he'll he'll go back... Back over with the city event in Munich being canceled on the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, That's such a bummer. It's a it's a cool event. It's a bummer that it was canceled. But I think they get canceled last year too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just when this when it's warm, it's it's tough to. I mean, Munich, it's tough to get any snow snow But uh, but anyways, with that city event being canceled, it gives him a little bit more time. Um, yeah, and and hopefully that back is getting better, and and he's. I you got to see that I'm I'm thinking he's circling out of Bowden, you know for for his back and for his body and and then you know he's talking about less is more for his slalom skiing and and we'll see we'll see where where he's at but it'll be it's it's interesting uh for me to watch ted now like being out of it i i know him well enough to think that he's got to be pissed off uh, with how his performances are because he's such a competitor he's the most competitive guy i've ever met absolutely um so i can't like everyone's he's hurt he's hurt and I bet if you talk to Ted, he talk, he'll never admit that he's that hurt. Yeah. You know? And, and so, um, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna think that he's gonna be in the hunt in these next couple races. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, I'm out. I need to take care of my body. So there's a, there's, there's two of me. There's like, there's a side that's like, nah, he's not that hurt. He's just, right. he's just not hitting his spot that much. And there's the other side. He's like, man, Ted doesn't look the same. And right. so I, and, and, and I don't know, I don't know what it is. Um, and also, it's a mental game, right? And maybe you, even the greats, he could be pressing a little bit, right? His back mm. hurts, so then his skiing's not as like they. It not it might not all be one thing. Right. It's all playing on each other. It, it'll be interesting. And the yeah. the other interesting thing for me, uh, David Chidansky, yeah, two top ten slalom results now. Uh, this guy's solidifying himself, and and, and he's he's there. Um, and, and now this is his month, yeah. it, you know, he's, he's, these hills, um, I haven't ever skied the Santa Conria slalom, uh, so it'll be interesting for me to watch. But when we go to out um, Vangen, uh, Kitzbiel, Schlodming, those are four hills that are, um. The more you ski, the better you get. And Daver's been on him for four or five years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, skied all of them. He knows the terrain. Um, the sets, yes, they'll be different. But you're skiing the hill just in Slalom as much as you're skiing this course set. Yeah. Uh, specifically in these, you know, older races. Specifically these those four in in Autobahn, Wangen, Kitzbiel, Schladming. Um, you, the hill you know so well that you know kind of how it skis. Yeah. It, and, uh, you know where you can push and where you can't. And it'll be um, t- to Chodonsky's advantage of how long and how much experience he's had. I think this is it, man. I think this is the year that he keeps building this season.
0: Yeah, I don't see him not doing well in any of those. I think, you know, it will be an unfortunate circumstance if he weren't to. But I, I think what I've I, you been watching it for years now, but, um, you know, I don't know what it is. I mean, the skiing is there. It's always been, and it's been there for a while. I mean, he's got a very nice, compact, uh, powerful way of of pushing against the ski. Um, And and he is a, he he, he looks a lot taller than he actually is on on snow, to be honest. Um, You know, to me, he looks like he's got a very big presence, but you hang out with him and he's no bigger than either of us. But, you know, um, we're talking with Phil about confidence level. And yeah, I think that's what you're speaking towards big time. Um, And I have to believe that's it too, you know, because I mean, you know, that guy's known as well as any of us that he's got it, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's one thing that David doesn't have is he doesn't have, or he has as consistently in training, there's times where boom, he's like lightning fast, like Mm -hmm. fast, 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 fast as anyone. Mm -hmm. But that fast gear doesn't show as consistently as if you were training, let's say, um, with a Hersher or um, a Gross or yeah. um, some of these other guys that have a ton of speed in their skiing. right? Um, and so it might be a little bit more random if he's has the speed to podium. But I think the speed to always be top 15 is now consistently there. And because of that, it's going to help his start position more and more and more yeah. and then allow him to get to that... You know, maybe comfort and confidence level to then show the Dave Chodunsky high end gear more often. Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's not forget, though, like in these city events and these sprint races, he he thrives on those. He does very well at those. I mean, he is a very, he generates speed very well.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a gamer. Yeah. You know, he's, he's one of those athletes that's good and he's, Dave could, Never plays basketball, and then all of a sudden you're like, I guess Dave will be on my team, and then all of a sudden Dave's like grabbing every rebound and defending the the other guy's best player, and and finds a way to be a a very big asset. You know, so he's good. Basically, I'm saying he's good at everything, and uh, he's a gamer, and um, hopefully, yeah, I'm just rooting for him. I'm rooting (laughs) for all American guys, and uh, uh, of course, and it'll be interesting, I think, uh, to see if anyone can can knock off Christofferson with where he's putting his pressure in in the fall line and how short of pressure he's putting on the ski in slalom. Um, Hersher is consistent. Um, He's always consistent. He has a beautiful bottom Mm -hmm. half of the turn. Um, And then, you know, then slalom's interesting. There's so many good guys. There's a lot. The jumble of of the top 10 in slalom seems to me to – you could put a different guy in the top 10 – like you could put thirty different guys in there, and it's yeah. a good bet. I think
0: what's what's interesting in, in you know, I'm just going to throw this out there, and you can you can you can you can swat it down with two hands if you'd like. But slalom has had the least amount of of change from fists of any event in the like what let's say last decade plus. Yeah, probably. I mean, we've been on 165s. So underfoot has changed slightly I spoke. uh what uh maybe is it two millimeters or something yeah a little bit yeah I mean you know you don't you're you're this this
1: window of, or this accordion is not fluctuating in that sport and that's kind of nice yeah and yeah it is and I, it just seems like there's a lot of guys that can make fast long turns yeah and there's a lot of a lot of countries that are good at it um and so the, the The betting, the betting, the picks for my slalom, um, it's tough because I'm like, ah, you know what? No, you know maybe Adam Zampa today. Yeah, he's gonna get ninth. You know, he he starts twenty nine in every race, but you never know, because he could be there or Naoki Uasa. Yeah, <laughs> you know who? Who I like just, this road you're going down? Keep like, going. He, he just <laughs> he he flies. I mean, there's more and more. But, and, and now we're seeing a resurgence. And this is the other thing that I thought was very interesting in uh, Madonna is the Austrians in slalom haven't had a young core come up in a while. Yeah, Herscher hmm. popped in there, and you saw Feller. Uh, I want to say three years ago or four years ago, a, a young Austrian um, start moving in again, but. You know, they had Reich and uh, and and uh, Matt and Pronger and uh, some of the other older guys there for so long. And there wasn't an, like, an influx of new talent. Well, they got and this
0: 95 all... Marco Schwartz right yeah, now. Yeah, and then that's... all of a
1: sudden Schwartz comes in and pops in. And, and there's some other guys in the back that, that look. The young Matt, uh, Mario's brother of 17 years younger, uh, has had results in the top 30 and yeah. and there's, there's more, there's more, uh, young Austrians coming in now. It, it's interesting, the gap of age, but right when those old guys left, uh, a new slew is coming and, and that's we interesting. We really don't have that right now. I yeah. mean. And so it's, it's, it's interesting, but it's still an older event and there's still, uh, there's still guys, um, from that we know of names, uh, you know, that have been in ski racing and in slalom skiing mm-hmm. for years that are still dominating the sport. So For sure. Um, well,
0: what do we got on the docket next? I think we're gonna be speaking with uh, a few few people, a few names that everybody's gonna know.
1: Yeah, I think coming up in the next episodes. Uh Mike Day, a former World Cup uh tech coach, he's set some of these hills before, is gonna join us. Uh Chadunsky is is hopefully on docket for a, for an episode, Wybreck coming on and, and mm-hmm. some more, some more names that, um, you know, it's hard to get in contact with these people. They say yes. And then if the, if they, if we can get them with the time change, uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll be on, but it's, right. it's, a, it's an exciting month, a busy month for everyone. And, and hopefully we can get some of these, these guys to share, share what's going on on the road in Europe. Well, thank you again for tuning into another episode of Peace
0: Off, brought to you by racer dot com and Shred Sly Tech.
1: I'm looking forward to this next, next you know, big month of ski racing, James. I can't, I can't wait to watch these, you know, legendary races coming. All
0: right, we got none other than Pete Corpiatis here. Just happened to be calling it at the right time. Pete, what were you saying about our podcast again?
1: I'm saying it's quite possibly the best podcast in the history of the United States. Nobody knows it yet, but it's going to happen. And I believe in it. And and share it with your friends and family, your babies, infants, whatever. Nico, my boy, he's a fan. He's eight months. (laughs)